Welcome to the All Things Overlanding podcast. My name is Fletch, and I'll be your host. Are you ready for some great overlanding content? Then let's get into it. Hey everybody, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. On today's episode of the podcast slash vlog, we're going to be talking about kind of some necessary gear and things to think about when going solo on an overlanding trip. Um, if you guys watch my my show at all on YouTube or listen to my podcast, you know that I've, I'm kind of a solo guy. Like I, I like to go by myself a lot of the times. Not that I have any problem with people, but sometimes it's just nice to get away, right? And I mean, there are some advantages to traveling on your own too. Like you can set your own pace. You can, you know, you have a little more freedom to go wherever you want. You're not as locked into a certain set plan if if things change or somebody else wants to go somewhere now without other people to tell you, hey, I'd rather go do this or hey, I'd rather go do that. You can kind of do whatever you want. Um, so again, I think there are definitely some benefits to going solo, but there are also some downsides and some things to be aware of, which can change kind of the gear that you may pack or sort of the, the plans that you may make or the trails that you may take. Um, so again, on this episode, I just wanted to kind of talk through some of that stuff, some of the best gear that you could have, some of just some good ideas, some knowledge-based stuff, some things that you should know before you go out on a solo trip. And uh, I hope it's helpful for you guys. I think it will be good. And uh, again, that's kind of my experience, so it made sense to kind of talk about it. Um, before we dive into the episode, though, as always, I want to mention my featured partners, uh, starting with Overland Addict. Uh, great, great company. Everything to do with overlanding. Awesome website. Check out the description down below. There is a link there to click through to go and check out their stuff. Um, Last US Bags, I talk about them. I know I talk about them all the time. It's because I really like their stuff. They have some awesome, awesome overlanding specific bags and things you just can't find anywhere else. So again, click on that link down below. Go check out their stuff. Um, buy anything you think that looks cool and, and they would appreciate it. Um, and then third, more Overland Expo. Awesome, uh, awesome group of people. They had their first one last year. This year, they are doubling the size, doubling the vendors, doubling the space, doubling everything. It's it's going to be amazing. It's in February. So click that link below. You can go pre-register on their Facebook page for right now, and then they'll notify you when tickets become available. Um, and then last but not least, Northology Overland slash Northology Adventures. She kind of goes by both, but uh, awesome website. She leads guided tours in like the Wisconsin, Michigan area, and also has a free overlanding magazine, which is is really cool. It's free, so definitely check that out. Click the link below. Um, so without further ado, let's dive into the video. Slash podcast, I guess I should say, for you podcast folks. Sorry. Here we go. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, everybody. So as I mentioned, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about overlanding gear and kind of recommendations for going solo. Um, so as I kind of mentioned in the intro, again, you know, there are definitely some pros to going by yourself. There are also some cons. You know, you do have to think about things a little bit more carefully when you go by yourself. You don't have a lot of that, you know, those fallbacks, that redundancy that you might have if you've got multiple people with rigs, um, particularly if you generally hang out with folks that have like a similar vehicle. So like if I get a flat 
and I swap out my spare, and that's my only spare, and then I'm with another Nissan Xterra person, and two days later, I, I happen to be the one that gets another flat, I've got some spares, right? So I've got some stuff with that. Whereas when you're on your own, whatever you bring with you is what you've got for the whole trip. That's it. Um, so it just takes a little bit more planning and a little bit more thought. So again, I'm going to touch on some things that I think are important, some things that, you know, in kind of writing this stuff for the podcast and the vlog... I came up with, but again, it's not, I, I don't know everything, right? So don't view it as an exhaustive list necessarily, um, but definitely view it as as helpful sort of tips and hip, hints, right? So, but what I would like for you guys to do is post up in the comments down below if you're on YouTube. If you're on the podcast and you want to hop over to Facebook or Instagram, do that too. Um, I'll post this over there as well, but feel free to jump in the conversation over there and post up stuff that you think is invaluable if you're going on a solo trip. Um, so let's start with sort of planning slash GPS, right? So again, when you're going by yourself, you know, I I have been lucky enough, I guess to say historically, where a lot of the times I will ride with a group of other guys, right? And we will go on a trip and usually, I at least in my experience in the last few years, I've been lucky enough to have another person who kind of like planned the whole trip and just goes and I just have to follow, right? So again, there's some benefits there. Like I didn't have to think about a lot of stuff. I didn't have to do all the research. I didn't have to lay everything down. I just kind of showed up and was like, hey, I brought my beer and my food. Let's go. Um, But when you go by yourself, which again, I prefer, I enjoy that more, you kind of get to do more of that pre-work, right? Which I think is actually a lot of the fun of it. I like to think through a trip, plan out the gear I'm going to bring, plan out the the route, you know, think about that stuff. But I also like having that flexibility to kind of make changes on the fly as I go. Um, so, but you do have to plan it a little bit more. You have to be cognizant of where you're going, what your route is going to be, what things you'd like to see. Um, again, things will change when you're on the road, but now you get to make your own decisions. Um, but you still have to plan a lot more. You need to think a lot more about where you're going, what you're doing, and what you want to see. Um, also, you have to think a lot about like your GPS options. Um, and you're going to hear, hear this term a lot from me on this this podcast slash vlog today, I think, but redundancy, right? So perfect example. I've mentioned this before, but when, when I went on the West Virginia trip that I took last September, so almost a year ago now, um, we hit West Virginia, right? And I'm on Verizon, which has fantastic coverage everywhere where I am in the Midwest, um, better than all the other plans. And so I was just like, it never even occurred to me that I may not have reception. I kid you not, we crossed into West Virginia and I didn't have reception for like four days straight. I mean, I did, couldn't get my GPS to work. Nothing worked. I couldn't even text my wife, like no connection. Could not do anything unless we happened upon a small town with like a McDonald's and I can hop on Wi-Fi. That's literally the first day that we got there. I hopped on Wi-Fi and I sent a message to my wife and I said, hey, just so you know, apparently Verizon doesn't work in West Virginia. So, I mean, again, if I'd been solo, I mean, that would have changed my whole trip, right? Like I would have had no idea where I was going. I literally probably would have had to buy a map or buy something to figure out what the heck was going on and and navigate my way through. So be aware that that is a possibility. I know that sounds stupid, but remember, I was new to this just even two or three years ago, right? Like I had just bought my Xterra. I had only been to like local national forest a couple hours from my house, um, even just a few years ago. So again, even one year ago when I went on that trip, it just never, it occurred to me that I would be without service a lot, probably like out in the woods because we were really going deep. Um, But it never occurred to me that I would have absolutely no service the entire time I was in that state. Um, So just be aware of that, right? So you need to have something like a a backup device, another tablet or something that has built-in GPS and a a plan with it or, you know, things like that that you can rely on that 
are redundant, that are a backup, right? So I always bring my phone with me. I use that. I use um, Google Maps for the most part, but then I also have Gaia, and I do like to download those maps of the areas that I'm going to. Um, I don't, I haven't had to use them a ton, right? But like I didn't do that before I went to West Virginia, and I was literally at the mercy of the other guys. Like if I ever lost them, I was going to have to go to a gas station and ask for directions, assuming I could find one. Um, so bring redundancy, right? Think about that. Bring some topo maps. Bring bring some backup and plan through your route. Write some stuff down. Have it physically somewhere in case you can't access it wirelessly from the road, right? Um, so you do have to plan through that. You have to think about it. You have to think about the reliability of your GPS, your map systems. All that stuff is important. Um, and then also kind of the last piece to tie into that planning slash GPS is just like I did with my wife, right? Like you need to let people know where you are. Um, and I know that sounds kind of like wussy or whatever you want to say, right? But, and in the past I would have been like, oh, I'll be fine, you know, but you, it's just a safety thing, right? Like it's not being a wuss or, or there's nothing wrong with telling your spouse or family or whoever, hey, this is the area I'm going to be in. This is how long I'm going to be there. Because what happens if, you know, recently I saw an Xterra that rolled over out in like Colorado area. What happens if you were by yourself out there and you didn't tell anybody where you went and that happens? Like you just don't know what's going to happen. So you could be the toughest person in the world, but if something like that happens, you're going to be very happy that you told people, hey, here's about where I'm going to be. Here's how long I'm going to be there. If three days later, search and rescue shows up and you're stuck in your vehicle upside down on the side of a mountain, right? Like just tell people where you're going. So that's kind of the GPS and pre-planning safety type piece, right? So This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Next, first aid. Um, Again, along those same lines, right? Like, oh, I'm tough. I'll just suck the blood off and I'll, I'll keep going. Right. I mean, we can all do that. We can all pretend to be tough guys. And, you know, historically I'm pretty cut up generally. I'm just from my last trip I took last weekend. I definitely nicked myself with a knife, a time or two bug bites, all kinds of stuff. Um, but it's really important, especially on a solo trip, um, to be aware. So there's a knowledge component to this too. And it can be as easy as watching YouTube videos or, you know, and I, I'm not, necessarily a proponent of that. I'm not just saying just go watch YouTube videos and you'll be fine from a first aid standpoint, but there's a ton of good information out there, right? Find some reliable sources, do some research um, on forums and things like that. Find some good resources for that. Go to an expo and attend some classes on first aid, you know, backwoods first aid, things like that. Um, Make sure you have an an appropriate first aid kit, not just two band-aids and like some gauze, right? But like a real actual first aid kit. That would be a a good, not very expensive thing to invest in. Do some research on Amazon, do some research on some forums and see, you know, what people recommend. Luckily for me, the Xterra came with a a fairly comprehensive uh, first aid kit and it's got a ton of stuff in it, which is pretty sweet. But, you know, knowing how to treat yourself, again, especially when you're solo, if something bad happens, some sort of accident with an axe or a chainsaw or a knife or we've got all these sharp implements, right? Again, the rollover instance, right? If your truck happened to, you caught an off-camber hill wrong and you rolled it 
and you got your arm pinned or got something hurt or were stuck, you're going to be glad that you know that stuff, right? So you'd rather be more prepared than you ever need and never need it than to be underprepared and get yourself stuck or seriously hurt. Um, what it makes me think of, and, and I want to bring this up because I love this show. So if you guys are listening, if you're regular listeners especially, if you have not watched the show alone, it's I know seasons one through six, I believe, are on Hulu. So if you have streaming services, season six is definitely on Netflix. That's where I randomly stumbled upon this show. And then I started looking for where I could watch the other seasons. Um, But it's basically a show where they take like 10 people out into the wilderness and like drop them all off all by themselves, like miles apart, and they have to survive. Okay, so it's pretty extreme, right? Like it's overlanding is not exactly the same thing, right? But you would be amazed and how many of these like highly trained like bushcrafter survivalist experts, especially if you get hungry, again, if you were to be trapped somewhere or, or stuck out in the woods for a long period of time and you exhausted your food reserves, that like clip themselves with an axe to the point where like their fingers don't move and they have to get airlifted out or, you know, cut themselves with a knife or, you know, so one, I recommend that show because it's really cool alone. Just look for it. Hulu. Go to Hulu and watch alone. It's fascinating. Um but like that I'm using that as an example to say that even like trained professionals have issues with getting hurt in the wilderness. So just be aware of that. Make sure you have the right tools. Make sure you have a, at least a modicum of training, right? Like a little bit of training to be able to treat most wounds that you may encounter when you're by yourself out on the trail. Um so that's super important for solo stuff too. Um next, recovery, right? So when you're out in the woods, and you are going by yourself, right? One of the biggest risks is getting stuck. And so you want to make sure that you've got the right gear. And when you're solo, it changes, right? Like you may have a couple D-rings and you may have a recovery strap. Great. How are you going to use that to get yourself out when you're by yourself? That works great if there's another vehicle to pull you out, right? But you really have to think about that. You have to think about what can I use to get myself out? Things like a winch, things like a manual come-along, which is kind of like a manual winch, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Traction mats, again, sort of passive stuff that you can use by yourself to bridge obstacles or to get yourself unstuck if you would get stuck. Um, so thinking about that stuff is really important and even more so than the gear itself. So, I, you know, I do feel like, myself included, I love gear. I'm, I'm a gearhead, right? I love buying gear i love having gear i love you know i i do enjoy being prepared for everything right but as an overlander we have to think about things a little bit differently so it's different than you know going to an off-road park right like your goal is not to conquer the most challenging obstacles in the craziest most full throttle way possible right especially when you're solo maybe it's a little different when you're in a group of three or four rigs or eight rigs or 10 rigs, right? And you've got plenty of options to get you out if you do something stupid. But when you're solo, especially, like you've got to view view everything with some maturity, right? Like even if that mud hole looks really fun, if there's like, if the mud hole's on the right side of the trail and it's open to the left, then you should stick to the left when you're by yourself because it literally could be the difference between getting stuck and being stranded for days or walking miles to get out to where you have reception to call someone and going through safely. Right. So that is a big part of it, Uh, even more so than the recovery gear, I think, is just being smart about your decisions and and what obstacles you're going to have to tackle and which ones you don't. And then just viewing it as a, you know, I'm trying to get through this safely so that I can get to camp tonight. Right. 
Um, I know that overlanding is about the journey more than the destination. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying that your journey should be safe, right? Your primary concern when, when taking your journey is not to get yourself stuck, rolled over, hurt, injured, stranded, right? So that's the recovery piece. Okay, so back to the word that I mentioned before, which is redundancy. Um, you know, I told you that I was going to mention this quite a bit, but, you know, when you're solo, like I've mentioned, you don't have the, re- the convenience of relying on others. So you have to think about, like, what stuff do I need to have redundancy for? Um, we've already talked about GPS, like your phone and a dedicated GPS tablet. Um, spare parts. So, again, if I'm traveling with a bunch of Nissans and stuff and a couple guys have drive shafts and you know whatever whatever the, the u joints whatever common fix stuff for your vehicle you need you may have some other people that either could help you fix the rig could give you a spare part could you know what i mean like just like i talked about with the tires earlier but when you're solo you have to think about that stuff before you go and you need to pack it right so whatever you have on your rig is what you're going to have when you're out there by yourself so bring spare parts bring multiple tool options so like you know with xterras there are you know some common size wrenches like 10s 14s 17s 19s all those bolt sizes are fairly common on an xterra um but i i wouldn't just bring one socket like what happens if my socket breaks while i'm out there my 3 8 socket breaks and it, it won't turn so i'll bring some wrenches maybe some like ratcheting head straight wrenches and i'll bring a socket set so you got to bring some redundancy in your tools too just so that you're prepared in case a tool fails um, and don't bring stuff for the first time like, well, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but, you know, think about your tools and make sure they're reliable and you've tested them and you know they're going to work. And again, that you have redundancy just in case they don't. Um, and then, like, this has happened to me on more than one occasion. It's In most of the cases, it's been an inconvenience more than, like, a hazard. But, like, if you bring a bunch of cold food, let's say, let's say it's a three or four day trip and you bring a bunch of refrigerated food, whether you have a cooler with ice or whether you have a fridge freezer... What happens if one day in your fridge freezer breaks or just stops cooling or your battery dies or whatever, right? Or you're, you didn't realize that the bottom of your cooler wasn't sealed up and the whole time that ice has been melting and the water's been dripping out into the back of your vehicle, ruining everything else in the back of your vehicle and making you super angry, right? But also all the coolness of that is, has leaked out. And then let's say you're out there for three or four days and two days into it, all your food is spoiled. Like... You need to have some backups. You need to have some Slim Jim, some canned goods, some ramen, you know, something else that you could make, something else that would be a backup. Same with water stuff, right? Like we bring a seven-gallon jug. That's great. Again, same situation. Say that it leaks. Say that it breaks. Say that, you know, any number of things could happen. Do you have maybe like a Sawyer or a Life Straw like filtration system, something that you could use in the event that you needed to get some water? As an emergency, again, that situation earlier, you roll your vehicle over, let's say, worst case, right? And you're 20 miles from anything, and you've got to hike out. I mean, it it could take you a day to hike out of there, right? Do you have the stuff that you're going to need? Do you have a backpack to carry food items and water and things like that with you to leave your vehicle, right? Like, And again, not to say that you have to literally plan for every possible thing. Like, you don't need to have a you know, stuff for an alien attack, or but I mean like the common sense stuff, right? If we get stuck, if the vehicle breaks down, um, if the GPS fails, if you don't have reception, like you have to think through those things so that you're prepared when you're solo. So one more addition to that too, which I kind of started started to jump ahead on a little bit, 
is making sure that you're not waiting for like a long solo trip to test new equipment. Um, and what I mean by that is like, I'll give you a perfect, perfect example. I, one time I bought a brand new hammock and I was super psyched. I was like, man, I'm so excited. I'm just going to take this hammock. It's going to be the best sleep I've ever had camping. It was dead summer. Right. And I just got this new hammock and it was just like a normal, it was actually my tribe hammock, which I love. It's a great hammock, but normal hammock. I go out there, I set up my hammock. I set up my tarp. Everything's good. I'm like, man, I'm set. I'm, I'm good. I lay down, I start to kind of drift off to sleep and I get a bug bite. I get another bug bite. And then I'm like, all night long, I could not sleep. I'm just getting attacked. It didn't have a net, right? It just didn't occur to me. I was just like, oh, hammocks are great. I'll be off the ground. The bugs won't bother me. I got attacked by mosquitoes all freaking night long. And it was because I just, it never occurred to me. So I bought a hammock with a bug net. That was my next purchase. And that was cool. But like, I had to rough out that whole trip. And luckily, I think that was a single night overnight or just a camping trip. So I only had to deal with it for one night. But imagine if you drove 10 hours away from your house to another state to go on some awesome seven-day trip. I mean, you're seriously going to have to go, like, find an REI or something and, like, buy something else. Like, your whole trip is ruined because you waited to test that gear until then. Or say that you bought some cheapy, you know, hammock straps, tree straps from Amazon. You never test them out before. And the first night, they rip out. They tear up. Like you're screwed, you know? So, so make sure that you're bringing tried and true stuff. Um, make sure that you are, are not testing new stuff on super long, super important overlanding trips. Do that in your backyard, right? Make sure that everything works. Make sure that you've got the right stuff for the trip and do that before you go out on your own. Um, hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And so then that takes us to kind of the next thing, which I think it still applies to like the camping spot, right? So one thing that for the longest time, I just never really thought about, because again, I camped a ton when I was a kid, nothing ever happened to me. I just, it never really occurred to me that it was a, a danger, but picking a good spot. And then that could be in terms of bugs, in terms of like, if you have a rooftop tent, is it level? Um, but mostly what I'm talking about is like, make sure that it's safe, right? Like make sure that you're not on the edge of a cliff, make sure that there aren't widow makers, like big dead trees all up above you that are going to fall on you and crush you in the middle of the night, especially when you're solo, right? Like not like a branch or a tree falling on you anytime is good, but at least someone would know if you got crushed in the middle of the night, right? Versus when you're by yourself, you have to be very cognizant. You have no one else to be like, Hey idiot, there's a big dead tree above you probably shouldn't camp there. You have to see everything, right? You have to think about stuff like the safety of the spot that you pick to camp at. Um, so that is also important. Um, same with like predators and stuff. Now I don't have a ton of these in Indiana, but like when we went to West Virginia, one night we camped at this place, we got all our stuff set up and we look on the ground and there's a big old pile of bear poop right there. And it was fresh. And I was like, hmm. And I was sleeping in a tent, like five feet away from where we found the bear poop. So then we were just kind of like, okay, well, you know, like we, we were all like, I was like, you got a shotgun, right? If you hear something like, if you hear me start screaming in the middle of the night, help me out. Okay. Like, but you have to think about that sort of stuff when you're by yourself there, you know, if, if I'd been by myself, I probably would have gone and found a different spot. 
just to be safe, right? Like, I'm not scared of bears per se, but I also don't want to die from one. So just be thinking about the safety of your spot when you're by yourself, especially, um, and be selective when you pick your spot. And then last, but definitely not least, I would say this is one of the most important things um, that you can do when you go solo is practice, right? Like, just do it. Go more and more and more. That's you know, as I've mentioned before, I'm big on solo. I like to go solo. I just prefer to have some time to myself. I, you know, I read books. I chill. I drink some beers. I smoke cigars. I just hang out, right? It's a good time. Um, and sometimes it's exhausting to talk to people. Sometimes it's like almost more work if you go camping and you have to like keep up a conversation all night and you have to do all that stuff. I sound really antisocial, I realize, and I, I apologize. I do love talking to people, especially other overlanders and stuff like that. But a lot of the times, especially when it's just like a trip here in Indiana to like the local national forest, I will just pack up the truck and just go by myself and I'll cook some good food and I'll drink some beer and have a good time. Um, but again, even in just the last three or four years, I, I look back at when I first went and it's with embarrassment, right? But I mean, there's nothing to be embarrassed about, but to see how much I've learned in that period of time. And most of it honestly has just been from experience, right? So that's what I mean by practices, you know, the, the best way. You could watch a million YouTube videos. You could have the best gear. But if you don't know how to use it, like if you don't know how to set up your tarp properly, if you don't know how to set up your hammock properly, if you've never set up your tent, if you can't tear it back down and get it back in the bag or at least close to being back in the bag so you can leave the next day, that's a problem. Like the more you can go, the better. And that's the most important thing, right? So to kind of put a pin on this, to kind of wrap this up, what I would say is just, you know, test your gear before you go on a solo trip. Make sure you bring redundancy. Make sure you bring extras of everything just in case. Not necessarily everything, but at least the important stuff, right? Food, um, GPS, communications, that kind of thing. But again, more so than anything else, even if it is practicing in your backyard, set your stuff up. Get used to, you know, operating your rooftop tent. Get used to setting everything up, tearing everything down. Practice leveling your vehicle. Practice first aid stuff, watch videos, read books, go to expos, take classes, that sort of stuff. Like just the more experience you can get, the better you'll be. And I, I even, I look at myself today and I still feel like there's just so much to learn, right? Like I definitely by no means know it all. I, I still go with other people and I'm like, man, these guys are like pros. This is amazing. <laughs> I am an idiot and I know nothing, right? Every time I go, I feel like that if I go with other people. Part of why I probably go solo a lot. Um, but I, all kidding aside, you know, like it is super important to just practice, get good at using your gear, get good at working everything, figure out what works with what, figure out what portable generator is going to work with your fridge freezer. If you have one, figure out which cooler works best is, is this cooler that you've got too big? Is it too small? Does it work for a seven day trip? Does it work for a three day trip? You know, be prepared with your gear and, and be practiced and knowledgeable of what you're doing. So again, that was pretty much everything that I wanted to touch on in today's podcast slash vlog. Um, so thank you all for listening. Thank you for watching on YouTube. I really appreciate you guys, and I can't say it enough. Um, I get messages from you guys all the time now, which is awesome. Like, that's literally what keeps me going is just, like, getting that random messages from you guys saying, hey, I listened to your last uh, podcast or I watched your last video, and you said that the overlanding community is friendly, so I thought I'd say hi, and I like your podcast. Like, that stuff's cool, guys. So keep it up. I appreciate it. Um, if you don't already, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. 
I have a website, allthingsoverlanding.com. There are patches and stickers on there. I personally think they're kind of cool. And like, again, I don't, I'm not in this for like donations. I'm not going to, I don't ever plan to have a Patreon page or anything like that. Um, But if you guys are interested in patches or stickers, like that's a great way to support the channel. Like I'm happy to give you something in exchange for money so that at least you get something, right? Um, So again, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for watching. Come hang out wherever you guys are comfortable. And uh, I look forward to talking to you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Take care.